Hey friends, welcome to the Collide Midweek Podcast. These episodes are recorded every Wednesday night at our midweek gathering for those of you who may have missed it or just want to hear it again. We hope that the following episode encourages you to know, grow, and go in your faith. I hope you guys are doing well. Go ahead and grab your sermon outlines. Go ahead and open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. We'll be Matthew chapter 6 tonight. If you want to use your phone, you're welcome to do that. Pull up the Version app, click on events down in the right-hand corner, and then find Osborne Baptist Church, and you have it digitally right in front of you. Guys, I'm really, really excited about the next four weeks. I love you. And because we love you, we're going to talk about hard things. There's something that all of us have in common in this room tonight. Is that in some capacity, all of us are dealing with some type of worry or anxiety. Okay, you might look at me on the stage and go, you know what, KB, I'm not really dealing with that personally in my life. Or maybe the tendency is, is maybe for guys to say, you know what, um, you know, maybe I don't kind of, I don't deal with it as much. Maybe I don't tell anybody. I kind of keep things in. Or um, guys, I have over 200 prayer requests in my hand from the last month from this ministry. And here's what I know: is that you have an enemy that hates you, and there is no discrimination when it comes to worry and fear, and anxiety, 80% of the prayer requests are around that topic. And when I read these, and I just, I just grab these out of the prayer room, you know why? Because when I pray over them first, and then I give them to Miss Valerie, and then she prays over them, the prayer team throughout the week comes in and grabs this stack and prays for you individually. I was thinking about my own life today. Played golf with my dad last week. My dad's 75 years old. When your dad is that age, my dad's always been my hero. And he texted me and said, hey, you got some time? I know you just came off of a busy weekend. We had just come off of our weekend and so he knew that I was here all weekend. He said, you got some time? I know you'll probably take some. And it was like dad was saying, hey, I want to spend some time with you. And so I took Monday off and dad and I went to play golf. And here's where my heart went when I got out of the car and I saw my dad. At some point, those text messages are going to stop. And I'm not going to be able to go to play golf with dad anymore. And my heart just went to like worry and like his health and my mom's health and all of that. Guys, this anxiety and worry is universal. Why? Because you have an enemy that hates you and we live in a fallen and broken world. And in this four-week series called Above Anxiety, we're going to answer four incredible questions. Okay, guys, I need you to lock in. I need you to stay with me. I need you to put all distractions away. Your phone, food, whatever it is. 
Okay? God has you here for a reason tonight to speak to you, not to hear from a fallen and sinful broken man on this stage, but from his word and from his heart to you about what he says. And here's our question kind of for week one. Does God care about me? You ask it of yourself. Does God care about me? Does God care about you? And it's a resounding yes, and the Scriptures tell us over and over again, but you go, and you get up, and I get up, and we go. I question whether that's true. Based on the different things in my life, the anxiety, worry, and all those different things, maybe like you, you find yourself where the psalmist is, not on, the, not on your outline, on the screen. Psalm 102, verse 1 says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Guys, have you been so burdened and so wearied and so worrisome that you forget to eat? I've been there. That's where the psalmist is. Because of my Lord groaning, my bones cling to my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. Students, you've been there? You lie awake just wondering, are things going to get better? Does anybody care? Does anybody see me? And I love this next line. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. The intro song that was just played during that bumper video is my favorite song. It's on repeat on my car. I pray it's on repeat on yours after tonight. It's a song called Sparrows by Corey Asbury. And we're going to do a little activity with that towards the end. But here's what I love about it. It talks about this bird right here in this verse. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. And here's the deal. If you study birds and if you study sparrows, they're not normally alone. They're normally in a pack. And what's the deal with this sparrow right here? A sparrow is just an ordinary bird. Backtrack. Last week, I'm playing golf with my dad. We're on the last tee box. Check this out. We're on the, la we're on the 18th hole. And I can hear something coming behind me. It sounded like a freight train was coming. And my dad turned around and I looked around. It was two bald eagles that flew right over the top of us, and they were so big, you could hear their wings coming, man, like a half a mile. And we turned around, we just stopped and went, that's amazing, God is amazing. This bird you see in the verse is just a small little sparrow, but what's wrong in the picture here? Two words, lonely sparrow. Students, have you been there? This sparrow has found himself alone. He's not with the pack and he's on that rooftop and you look at it. Maybe this is you in your life and you go, I feel like that sparrow sometimes. By myself, not with my people, isolated. This is what Satan wants for you. To steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to just wreck your life. He wants you alone on a housetop so that you wonder, does anybody see me? Does anybody love me? And then we fast forward to the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 10. Not on your outline, on the screen. Look at this. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. 
What is the price of two sparrows? There's our bird again. One copper coin. Another translation says, five of these birds sold for a penny. Guys, the value of something is determined by what you're willing to pay for it. Let that sink in for a minute before we get to the rest of the verse. Two of these for a copper coin. Another translation, five of them for one penny. But not a single sparrow. Check this. You wonder if you're loved. You wonder if God's in control. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. (laughs) Praise be to God. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. And here's the reminder. So don't be afraid. Guys, how many do not fears in the Bible? 365. One for every single day of the year. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole, what's it say students? Than a whole flock of sparrows. Ordinary bird. That God has made, but God makes no mistakes. And yet what? We're going to see in this verse later on in Matthew chapter 6 that Jesus talks about these sparrows again. This must be a big deal to God to reinforce the point to you that what? That you matter and He sees you and He loves you and He cares about you. If one of these that's sold in a marketplace, you get five for a penny... Somebody that goes to the marketplace is like, that's a pretty good deal. And the, the God, all, God Almighty, when one falls that's worth that much, God knows everything about it. How much more are you worth, says a whole flock of sparrows. Because we know what? That animals are not made in the image of God. You and I are. Does God care about you? Yes. Does God care about your worry and your anxiety? Yes. Does God want you to keep doing this? Yes. Why? Because you learn, what does this say on my sweatshirt? That when you pray, things happen. That when you release these to God, things happen. Can I let you into my life? We're almost a year removed to the day that Tracy started her breast cancer journey. I was thinking about this the other day. I think it was March 13th, Tracy said, on Monday, that it was what? The three-year, is it three-year? Three-year anniversary of COVID. When you just hear the word, it does something inside of you, okay? But we've gone past that in my family because God brought this big C-word cancer into our family that I hate. And we're almost a year removed from that. And here's a picture of where Tracy and I found ourselves this afternoon. Did you get it in there, Jade? In the waiting room at the Wright Cancer Diagnostic Center, whatever it's called, about a mile down the road from here, right back where it all started. Tracy sat in that waiting room. I wasn't with her that day. She went into that waiting room a year ago, had her mammogram, and they called her back and said, we don't like something that we see. And here we are, March the 15th, 2023, in that same waiting room, going back there to see what, to see how the scan looks. Has God not held every single day in that year until today? He has. Has He carried our family? Yes. And I'll tell you more about it towards the end of the message. What is anxiety? What is anxiety? Here's what Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology defines it as. Uneasy feeling of uncertainty, agitation, dread, or fear. 
In the Bible, anxiety is frequently depicted as the common human reaction to stressful circumstances. Anxiety frequently manifests itself in an ungodly concern about provision, performance, reputation, and appears to be rooted in incomplete knowledge, lack of control over circumstances, or failure to take an eternal perspective on things. Man, does that sound familiar? Me and my life. Now here, obviously (laughs) not inspired by God, but from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, apprehensive uneasiness or nervousness usually over an impending or anticipated ill. You guys are thinking about something right now in your life. And I love this definition from one of my favorite guys that I like to read, pastor named Kevin DeYoung. He put this, anxiety is simply living out the future before it gets here. Wow, let that sink in. That you've brought, you're worried about the future, you bring it, you live it out before it even gets here, and you ask yourself, what if? What if this happens? What if this never happens? What if I never get a date? What if the cancer diagnosis comes back? What if I don't graduate high school? What if I don't get into that college? What if no one ever asked me out in high school? What if things don't get better at home? What if no one even talks to me when I go to that new school next week? Here's what the stats tell us. That one in five young people battle anxiety. Guys, these statistics make me cry. 91% of teens say that they have experienced physical symptoms as a result of being stressed out and anxious. Stress and worry lead to anxiety, which leads to depression, which lead, can, can lead to what? The second leading cause of death in young people, 18 to 25, is what? Suicide. You know how personal this is to me as I lost my Caleb December the 9th, 2021. Guys, this is a big deal to God. This is not the life that God has designed you to live and this is not how He wants His children to live. So here's my question as you open up tonight. I want you, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I want you to think about this. What are you anxious about today? Right now, today, what are you anxious about today? Be honest. Think about it. Could be any number of things. Family, friends, school, money, future, dating, relationships, sports, health, decisions, past mistakes, appearance, clothes, social media. That's just to name a few, just off the top of my head, thinking through, looking through prayer requests, guys. The anxiety is at an alarming rate, right? And guys, I want to preface all of this tonight is like there's different levels of it. And if there's like really, really, like really big kind of anxiety and anxiety disorder things, like guys, there is help. You get help. You, get, you let somebody in. You let your small group leader in. Your parent, you let me in. Whoever that is, is God does not want you to be alone in this. There's different levels of it. And God sees you and God loves you, but he does not want you to walk through this alone. And it's okay to seek help, and it's okay to seek medical attention, and it's okay to seek medication if you need it and all that, guys. But I want to preface this by saying, hey, is guys, if you're not there tonight, if this isn't something that you're worrying in, look at me, lean in, because the person next to you might be. 
And through arms of grace, something that we're going to do at the end that I'm going to call you guys to do maybe is that you find somebody and you say, I'm praying for you. I know that you struggle with this. I love you and you're not going to walk through this alone. The beautiful thing, guys, is that you need to know this. All right. God wants to help. Do you truly believe that God wants to help? Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to ruin your life, wreck your life. Look at those three words. Steal your joy. He tries to steal your salvation. He can't take it, but he says what? Does that God really love you? Look at these things in your life. He wouldn't be a loving God if he allowed that. He wants to what? Kill. He wants to literally kill your life. He wants to kill everything. Friendships. He wants to kill your home life. He wants to kill your, your, your friendships at school. He wants to kill everything. And he wants to what? Destroy. Destroy your future. Destroy your personality. Destroy everything about you. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give him a rich and satisfying life. One translation I love, it says abundant. Do you want an abundant life? Jesus says you can have it. You have to what? You have to come to me. You get it from me. Not in this world, because this world system is run by the enemy. You have to what? We're going to look at Sermon on the Mount tonight, which is like upside down kingdom living. Jesus gets up on a mountainside. He starts telling people, there's a different way to live. And one of the bottom lines he's going to get to is that he doesn't want you to be anxious. He doesn't want you to live worried. See, anxiety says, what if? But God says, no, all those what ifs, look at the cross. Satan says, what if this doesn't happen? What if this happened? Jesus says, no, all those what ifs are garbage when you look at the cross because there's no greater love. Anxiety says, who cares? God says, I care. Look at my hands and feet. Anxiety says, you will never. God says, with me, all things are possible. And anxiety says, gaze at me. God says, no, you glance at your worries and you gaze at me. You see, the world says what? Gaze at your problems, focus on them, get them in clear view. And Jesus says, no, you glance at those because what? I'm in complete control and you gaze at your Savior. You gaze at me, you gaze at my word. That's what God says. And on the Sermon on the Mount, before we get to Matthew chapter 6, you've got to understand it starts in chapter 5 and Jesus has already gone through this list. The Beatitudes, salt and light, anger, revenge, loving your enemy, giving to the needy, prayer, fasting, money, and possessions. That's the list that he just gave all those people on the mountainside that said, hey, you, you want to you do this better? You want the what? You want the kingdom life? You want it to be, you want peace? You want joy? You want that abundant life? You got to do things differently. Remember, love your enemy, do all these different things. And he's going to get to this right here in Matthew chapter 6. Our first verse on your outline, Karen's not going to put it up yet, right? But the first verse of our text, the first word of our text tonight is, therefore. And when you have a therefore, you have to read what comes before it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Before we get to 25, this is what Jesus says. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Students, there it is right there. Where's your treasure? You see, we worry and we're anxious because we have the wrong treasure. We don't trust God. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. 
No one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Guys, in this series, each week is going to kind of build on one another, and tonight's going to kind of be a flyover of one of my favorite passages of Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, don't be anxious. He says it three times, but what he says in there is based on what he just said. He's talking about money and possessions. He's talking about worldly living. Now in this list tonight, you're going to go, that's not what I wrote on my prayer card. I understand that. But in that, whatever you wrote on the prayer card, God loves you, God sees you. But in this text tonight, he's going to unpack anxiousness and all that, what it looks like. So stay with me. If your prayer request is not on there, big topic anxiety tonight is that, man, anxiety is real. We all go through it. But man, what does Jesus say about it? I want to learn from Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, based on what he just said to you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. There it is, guys. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, Solomon's this king that had everything, man, more money than anything. He could buy the most elaborate clothing. Look what it says. These lilies that didn't do anything, God just made them beautiful. Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Look at here it is, guys. Underline it, star it. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious. There's your third time. Excuse me. Second time. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Here it is. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Praise be to God. Here's your first one. Do not be anxious because life is valuable. Do not be anxious because life is valuable. Guys, we get one shot at this life. And God says... When we waste time on worrying, guys, there's different degrees of worrying. I'm worried about stuff right now. I love when, when God calls you to speak about something. Guys, I've had more worry this past week. I've even had feelings like where like my chest was heavy, like where the anxiety gets so much. It's like, man, you got to like take a few deep breaths and just kind of calm down and just pray like I was there this week. But like when you think about your life really and what it boils down to, Jesus is saying, don't be anxious because life is so valuable. Man, God created you on purpose and for purpose. And he's saying, right, when you bog yourself down with worry and anxiety, guys, now it's natural to be stressed about school and different things like that, okay? Right? Stress is external. Anxiety is internal. Stress is like, there's like good stress. Stress can motivate you to, hey, I need to study for that test more. Stress can also be like, hey, I need to pump the brakes, calm down. I need to like put away my notebook for a little bit and not study. But that leads to anxiety when you go, what if? What if I don't pass the test? What if I don't graduate high school? 
What if I never go to college? And then it goes internal and it leads to really, really dark thinking. See, but the more that you do that, what happens? Is that you're taken away from the life that's so valuable. And he starts with, what does he start with? Like what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put on. (laughs) I can remember, man, uh, this made me think of, I told you guys before that my parents, we moved to Boston the summer before my freshman year of high school. And the only thing that got me through, man, I was so nervous and so anxious is I had preseason soccer during the summer with the soccer guys. And here's what I did. The new kid from from South Florida comes up to Boston, right? And they look completely different and they dress completely different. So I watched a few of them from a distance and I watched what they wore. And then I saw a couple of them get dropped off by their parents and like they changed into their uniform. So I was like checking out like what jeans and shorts and things they were wearing. And that weekend... My mom and I went shopping, and here's the deal. I went shopping for everything that I thought on the first day of school that all the kids in Boston were going to wear. And here's the thing. I showed up to the first day of school, and I remember one of the guys on the soccer team was like, why are you wearing that sweatshirt? And I was like, well, I went shopping because I wanted to fit in, and I thought everybody was going to wear it. And it was just like, it was like this reminder of like, man, all of that, I was so worried about that stuff, and then it was just like, the guy on the soccer team was basically saying like, hey, like, we love you, man. We're glad you're here. You don't need to dress a certain way to impress us. Guys, life is so valuable. Don't waste your time worrying about those things. Trust God. Number two, do not be anxious because you are valuable. Do you see how valuable you are? God talks about the birds again. Guys, look at this, right? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Guys, have you ever seen a bird down at the storage facility buying a storage facility because it's going to be a long winter? Never. Why? Because the bird just gets up every day and God feeds them and God gives them a nest and God keeps them warm. And God says, how much more do I love you? And all of this points all the way to the cross that says, this is how much I love you. Remember, the value of something is what you're willing to pay for. God was willing to pay for the life of his son for you. You are so valuable. Don't be anxious. That's how much he loves you. Number three, do not be anxious because it doesn't help. Guys, it just doesn't help, right? Look at what it says here. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Guys, when you go to the doctor, has the doctor ever said, you know what? I know that, that, that you're really not feeling good. Here's what I prescribe. I want you to go worry some more, right? He never says that or she never says that. Why? Because it doesn't work. It doesn't help. Now, I know that might sound like, right? Like, so, so KB's just saying, stop it. No, I'm not just saying stop it. But like when you realize that it doesn't help and you do this and you hit your knees or you talk to somebody or you write it down or you what? You just release it to God somehow and you do what? Then you what? Then you realize how valuable life is, that you're valuable, and you realize that it doesn't help. Turn those worries to prayer. Number four, don't be anxious because God cares for you. Guys, look around at your life. Do you see the the evidence of God everywhere of how much He loves you? Guys, do you see this? Like Solomon had everything. And it says, not even Solomon looked as beautiful as the flowers. How much more does God love you? Guys, For five seconds, please think of something today. Here's like when I do my football devotions with the football teams in the fall. Here's what I always say, man, when we're praying over the meal before the game on Friday. When those guys look back up at me, I say, guys, 
Have you thanked God that somebody put that meal in front of you today? You know, because the tendency, I was there, it's kind of like, you know, football players, hey, you know, kind of, we're like the, the team on campus and, you know, like somebody should bring us a meal. No, I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. So I say, somebody in the booster club, somebody that God made, paid that money so that you could have a meal. Praise be to God. Everything, when you're not anxious, starts with humility, realizing who you are and that God cares for you every single day. Have you thanked him today for how he cares for you? Number five. Don't be anxious because God's kingdom matters the most. Guys, this world is not about you. This world is not about me. And when we're anxious, what happens? A lot of times, it's kingdom of KB. It's the things that I want. In my pride, I go, hey, I want this this way. I might get anxious about this because this person didn't do that or I want this way. Guys, this is not your kingdom. God says, Jesus says, you're his. Remember, this is kingdom living 101. This is upside down kingdom on a hillside, sermon on the mount. He says, you're a son or daughter. The provision in your life flows from a good father that just loves you because you're his, not because of anything you have to do for him. Guys, that's kingdom living. When you start realizing it, not how you perform, not how you sweat and work and strive. No, he loves you just because he loves you. Guys, man, my family, we love watching The Voice. It just started again. And man, I love the like blind auditions. Why? It's such a beautiful picture of Christianity. Is they have their chairs turned to those people and they have to perform to get on somebody's team. That's not what Jesus thinks of you. He chose you. He came and died for you. Before you sang a note, he says, you're mine. Praise be to God. Don't you ever forget that. Do not be anxious because mercy and grace are are already on your pillow. I brought my pillow from home. Is that cool? Can you guys check out my pillow? My wife's in the back thinking, what in the world is he doing with his pillow on the stage? I love my pillow. This is like one of those little Mr. Pillow things. But here's the thing, guys, about a pillow. Stay with me. I know. Mallory's, she's laughing at me. She loves my pillow too. Look. You guys know that one of the hardest things that I struggle with is, man, is like all the leaders say it to me, my wife says it to me all the time, is I don't get enough rest. I don't. I just go, 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 go. I mean, I just want to, and sometimes God slows me down. But like when I hit this every single night, like I'm out, man. Like it's even hard sometimes for the alarm clock to like wake me up. But here's the thing, guys. What does it say here at the end of the verse? Look at this. Now I want you to see the analogy. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Guys, here's the thing. Is that KB's already got some troubles and his worries waiting on him tomorrow? But who's there? When you put your head on your pillow tonight, you say, mercy and grace are on my pillow. Why would I invite, guys? When you bring it in, what are you doing? If you bring it into your nighttime when you go to bed, you are borrowing on tomorrow's problems. God says, don't do that. Because what? The God who's in control of everything is already on your pillow with you when you lay your head down. Mercy and grace are already on your pillow. We're going to end. I want you guys to go ahead and grab your prayer card from underneath your seat. Quietly grab your prayer card. If you don't have one, steal one from the chair next to you.
for the next three minutes and 17 seconds. We're going to listen to the song called Sparrows. And I want you to do three things. I want you to either turn your outline over and just listen to the words, look at the words, meditate on them. Second, if there's something that you're anxious about right now and you need prayer for, your prayer card says 1 Peter 5, 7, right? Cast all your anxieties on me because I what? Because I care for you. Can you write them down so me and Valerie and the prayer team can just, man, pour our tears over those prayer requests for you? Or thirdly, maybe you need to do this. Maybe you need to find somebody in this room and you need to go sit right next to them and put your arm around them and say, you know what? I'm with you in this. You are not alone. My favorite line in this song says this. It just says simply, right? God cares for me. He takes good care of me. He takes good care of you. Do you realize that? Three minutes, 17 seconds, Pray, write it down, find someone, listen to the words. May they sink in and they, may they be your prayer. Go. The sparrow's not worried about tomorrow or the troubles to come. The lily's not thinking about the seasons, the drought or the flood. The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I? You take good care of me
Jaden, will you put that picture back up of Tracy and I from the waiting room today? Guys, you're going to have um, some more prayer time in your small groups. You're going to do a really, really cool. You got 30 minutes in small group. You're going to do a really, really powerful activity that your small group leaders are going to lead you through. And, and guys, I want you to take this seriously. Do you think God cares about your prayer requests? Yes. Do you know that God cares for you and loves you? Yes. So they took Tracy back today and all the nerves and anxiety of the past year. And for those of you guys that are catching up on it, Tracy, Tracy had a lumpectomy and had three lymph nodes removed, 20 rounds of radiation. And so we've been praising God that they got clear margins and she's been cancer free. But today was the day where we go back for the scan to make sure that everything looks good. And I was telling this to Miss Valerie earlier when I texted her. Guys, stay with me, please. Please stay with me. Please, no packing up your bags yet, please. There was one text message today that I was missing. From my friend Ronnie. Ronnie had this way of like knowing the exact time to like call you, to text you, to like sometimes in the middle of the night. He just had this gift from God, this many, many, one of his many gifts. And I told Miss Valerie, guys, there's only a handful of people that texted me today. My wife was going back for her year mammogram. And one of those that I really missed was from Ronnie. And I wanted to text him, I wanted to call him. But here's what I remember, is that he's seeing the whole thing. Tracy came out of that room in the back and she came and she had this smile on her face and she said, the scan is clear. Praise be to God. I don't want to see you again for another year. And I embraced with my wife and tried to get her to dance with me in the parking lot, but she wouldn't dance. <laughs> Guys, he takes good care of me. He takes good care of my wife. He takes good care of you. And even if the answer wasn't clear scan, he still takes good care of me. Why? Because he's bigger than the problems and worries of this world, but he wants to hear from you. You're going to do an activity tonight, a powerful activity in your small group room, and I pray you lean in. What are you anxious about? There's going to be three columns. What are you anxious about? Where has God been faithful in the past? And how can you release it to Him in prayer? Let's pray and go to small group. Father, we love You. Thank You for loving us. God, thank You in the midst of everything, all the anxiety and worry in my life. You say, bring it all to me, but that's not the life that I want you to live, Kevin. I want you to live abundant, joy-filled. I came to give you an abundant life. And you came to give that same life to every student in here, every leader in here. God, thank you for this Above Anxiety series. Just like the sparrow, I pray the students see that the name of this series is because what? You are above anxiety. And as we look out of our cars tonight, when we leave from the parking lot, or maybe it's tomorrow morning when we're driving to school, and I see that bird fly, and I see that bird over the row of trees, and I go... God loves that bird so much. He loves me so much more. God wants me to be above anxiety like that bird. I'm just going to fly. 
I'm going to be who He created me to be. I'm not going to be bogged down with worry and anxiety. I know you love me. I see the track record in my life. You want me to bring those to you. God, you don't want us to talk back to our anxiety. You want us to talk to you. God, I pray that the students open up in a real beautiful, powerful way now in their small group. And God, I pray that they look at every bird and every sparrow different. That ordinary bird that's normally in a pack when they see it on a rooftop and they go, that bird looks alone and they feel like it's them in their life. They go, God who made that bird loves me so much more. He's going to take good care of me. God, thank you. We praise you for our great news and result today from Tracy's mammogram. Praise be to God. I love my wife. I love my students. I love your word. I love my Jesus. God, I pray you speak now through small group leaders like you never have before. In Christ's name I pray.